Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Rope Droppers Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Disney needs. My name is Glenn, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Landon and Colby. And today we're returning to our regularly scheduled program. We had a great time last week with Philip, but now we're returning back to Animal Kingdom for the Blue Sky Project of Dino Land. And I'll describe that a little bit more whenever we get into that segment. But then we're going to move on to a segment we added last week, which is the finest and poorest, where we talk about our best experiences in Disney's and our not-so-best experiences. Then we're going to head on over to drafting movies that we want to become live action. With the release of Peter Pan and Wendy this week, we thought it would be a super interesting topic. We've considered doing it for a while, so why not now? Then, as usual, we're going to wrap things up with the Disney Trivia Showdown. So, without further ado, let's jump right in to the Blue Sky Project. So for those of you who don't know, Blue Sky Project is my baby. It's one of these segments that I wanted to do from the get-go, but I wasn't exactly sure how to introduce it to the show. And me and the boys talked, and we decided that Dino Land is the perfect segue to do this. So, for those of you who don't know what Blue Sky means, Blue Sky is a term that Disney uses when they are talking about projects that they want to come into fruition. So, like, for example, Pandora at one point was a Blue Sky project. Right now, Disney's plan for Dino Land is up in the year. They have some Blue Sky projects on the board, like the Moana Land that they introduced for this is what I would classify as a Blue Sky project. If they have time, if they have money, there is no limit. Here we go. So, without further ado, we are jumping right in to the Blue Sky project. And I'm going to go first this week, but then it's going to go on to Landon and Colby. We all have different ideas that we are presenting. So, let's do it. Alrighty, so first of all, I am introducing an Indiana Jones land into Animal Kingdom. This is something that I'm super excited for. I love Indiana Jones, and he has basically zero representation outside of the Sun Show Spectacular over in Hollywood Studios. So my idea is that you get rid of Dino Land, but you keep the, the preservation aspect of Indiana Jones is really what I want to dial in here. For those of you who don't know, Animal, each of Animal Kingdom's land has a little bit of a theme to it. So, how Indiana Jones always says it belongs in a museum, I think it belongs in nature. And Indiana Jones and me might disagree on this, but Animal Kingdom and me don't. I want to step on in to an excavation site of Indiana Jones' latest project, either from the newest movie or the oldest. We can either be discovering the Ark of the Covenant, or heading on in into Indiana Jones 5, where I really don't know what the storyline is yet. Disneyland already has a version of Dinosaur over in Disneyland with Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I think it's a much better version of it. So I would love for them to completely redo Dinosaur, put that in there, and then also turn a Restaurantosaurus into excavation site style where you can like, you get like dirt and worms and you're just kind of like digging through there and looking for something fun. I think there's a lot of potential with an Indiana Jones in Animal Kingdom. What do you guys think? I love that dirt and worms idea. When I was a kid, <laughs> even now, that's good food, even though it's simple. I really like Indiana Jones. I totally agree with you. It does not have nearly enough representation in the parks that it really should. So yeah. this is one that I knew you were going to do. So I was like, I'm going to leave this to him. So that's why I chose what I did, to be honest. But... Man, I think it's a great idea, and you're killing it. So, what do you think, Colby? Yeah, I like it. It's definitely something that I think fits, and I, I would have never thought of Indiana Jones going into Animal Kingdom, but I think Animal Kingdom needs a jolt of energy. Like, I've, I've for many years, really since 
1998, since it's opened, it's felt like it's even a jolt of energy to me. Yeah, but it's just one of those one of those things that I think could fit really well if they did it well. And I don't hate Dino Land. I absolutely loathe it, like in every single capacity. So I would love to see anything different come to Dino Land. Yeah. And so another thing that we're going to be doing, at least this week on our Blue Sky Project, is presenting an idea for an e-ticket attraction. It could be as developed or as underdeveloped as you'd like. But for my idea, I want to do minecart-style roller coaster, uh, similar to something they had in Temple of Doom. Go where Countdown Extinction used to be, uh, over in Chester and Hester's uh, little area over there. That is, that's my big idea for the e-ticket attraction that I want to come. I know Disney had planned a little bit of something like that before they put in Splash Mountain. But that's just my slightly developed, slightly undersold Indiana Jones Blue Sky Project. So now we're going to move on over to Landon's idea for a Blue Sky Project. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I was sitting around, and I was thinking of just ideas. I was just daydreaming in class, to be honest, about what could I do for this area. And every time that I was just sitting there, I was thinking, you know what, I really do like the concept of Dino Land, but I don't think that they really did it the best they could. I don't think they did the Disney way with it. So today, I'm going to be talking about how we can do the Disney way to it. Yeah, but without further ado, let's say you're coming from Everest. You enter through the big old dinosaur. What's the name of that? Does anyone know? What, Dino-Rama? The Dino-Rama dinosaur? It was huge. Yeah. Is it, Chester, is it Chester or Hester? It might be Chester. I'm not sure on the actual name. I've just always called it the Dino-Rama dinosaur. I should have used that as a trivia question today. I call it the big waste of space. Exactly. Thank you, Colby. Oh, I rid of that. We're going to send it back into the ground. And we're going to bulldoze straight through there, take all these carnival games out because it's not the fair. And then we're going to head over to where Primeval World was, and we're going to get rid of all the strollers. We're going to use all this space. What did the strollers do? Dude, they don't deserve that. Strollers are so expensive. Maybe return them. Yeah, what did the strollers do to deserve this? They can't walk around all day. Yeah. (laughs) I guess they're just not built different, but... You're a baby. All right, all right. I'm sorry, strollers. We can keep them. We'll return them. But but anyways, this area, I would take the e-ticket attraction and put it there. I think I would do Disney's version of a Jurassic World, Jurassic Park type thing there. Nothing, just bringing an elite-style roller coaster ride right there would be awesome. Just thinking more about it, going back into Dinosaur, I think it needs work. It's the same old story. I think it's boring for me at this point. So we're going to go in there, we're going to do a little refurb and just change up the story. I like Dinosaur, I just think it needs a different story. I've heard the same thing a lot. But you don't like Dr. Seeker and how he literally risks our lives and doesn't care? I'm going to create a new storyline. Along with the the final thing I'll be talking about is I think it needs a, a nice sit-down restaurant that is elite with good food. So we're going to go over to Restaurantosaurus, just redesign the whole little building. The whole look, the menu, everything. And honestly, you could probably change the name because restaurant of sources. I'll give it a B minus for let me Animal Kingdom's restaurant names are elite though. But let's be clear. Pizza Fari, restaurant Taurus, like yeah. what are I like restaurant of Taurus. Yeah. How do I dogging on the food? I'm dogging I'm on saying 
horrible. They have good music in there. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Dino man. He would have thought that was Colby for a second. It was Glenn. Oh, so that's really what I do to Dino Land. It was quick. It was a lot to comprehend, but that's what I'm doing. Okay. So to recap, you're reskinning dinosaur, making it better. You're making a step foot like a the Cretaceous period per se. Yes. Like right, you're gonna put I, I like that idea a lot. It is very Jurassic Parky, but I think that it could have a place in Animal Kingdom if done well. As well as bring an e-ticket attraction there. Bring us like a Velocicoaster, honestly. Like, just uh, just straight up, give us the same ride design. I don't care. Could you imagine if they, like, got rid of Triceratops Spin and just made an elite ride of a corkscrew style, like, something crazy like that, and then they okay. called it Triceratops Spin. Colby should be on board. Always on board. What and That kind of raises an interesting question about Disney and something that, I think it's true is I don't think that Disney will ever make a roller coaster as thrilling as Velocicoaster. I just don't think they ever will. I I want them to so much and so badly, but I just don't think they ever will just because it's, it really doesn't, it only appeals to a very select type of person. So I really wish they would because it'd be great. And if you haven't gotten a chance to ride Velocicoaster, I know we're a Disney podcast, but go figure out how you can do that because that ride is just totally insane. We should do Rope Droppers Take a Trip to Universal because I really love that ride. And I think Universal has a lot of things. that The older I get, the more I realize that Universal is slowly upping their game to compete with Disney. And I love it. And then competition is such a healthy thing for Disney. It does that Disney does market and it's something that the older I get also that I realize Disney does market itself as family oriented which is why we will never see things like Colby said like Velocicoaster over at Disney even though I do think there are other reasons lack of creativity lack of wanting to spend that amount of money on a ride there are lots of reasons Disney doesn't do it but what I do like about Landon's idea is that it is an original twist on something that Disney already has in the park so it's more likely to happen than even my Indiana Jones idea. So I, I'm super excited for that, Landon. It's a super good idea. Pretty well developed, too. So I'm a huge fan of it. I appreciate it. All right. Tell me what you got. All right. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that Disney has ever made is choosing Dinoland over Beastly Kingdom. And so... If you don't know about Beastly Kingdom, when you walk into Animal Kingdom, you notice that there's five animal heads. One of those heads is a dragon. And that dragon is there because the Animal Kingdom was going to be based on real animals as well as mythical animals. And I don't dislike dinosaurs being in Animal Kingdom. I actually do that they're in Animal Kingdom because they were animals, obviously. But I want to see them go somewhere else. I want to take this whole area and bulldoze it all, especially dinosaur. I'm not a big dinosaur fan. I know that's really controversial, but it'd probably be like, it's probably not even my top 50 rides. But this idea is about one word. Redemption. I love the idea of this land. I really think Disney made a huge mistake by not bringing this land to fruition. 
And I think tapping into the mythical creatures is the big missing piece from Disney's Animal Kingdom right now. Yeah. So when you walk into this area, this would be a dark and mysterious place that esteemed all things mythical. We're talking dragons, gargoyles, unicorns, werewolves, mermaids. If there's a mythical creature out there, you name it. You got it. And so it would the land would all be based upon the e-ticket attraction. And one of the things, obviously, I love roller coasters. It's been well documented on the show. I want to have a thrilling experience. But one thing that Disney doesn't have that I really wish they did is a coaster where your like feet are hanging. And so this would be a perfect coaster for that. And there is like concept art about this, but I'm not exactly using exactly what it is. But I basically want to be chased by a dragon and going upside down and into a dark cave and just the immersive experience is the idea that I really want to see like a dragon's lair. Like you're going into a dragon's lair. There's a huge animatronic dragon that's breathing fire. Would that just be so sick? And it would really tap into the mythical side that originally was supposed to be there. I think that this idea really could happen. And the reason it didn't is because of budget cuts. We know that, but they chose Dino Land. And I really think that they're still kicking themselves about this 25 years later because Animal Kingdom is still seen as a half-day park. And if they had this really expansive land with an e-ticket attraction, things would really change. You'd have things for kids there too. A unicorn roller coaster that's like for kids. That It's like Barnstormer. You can have a little, uh, like a mermaid dark ride. And you could meet a werewolf. Also, a big thing about this is I don't really, I really don't want any Disney characters in there. Uh, and I know that's like something that Disney would never do, but I really don't want any Disney characters in there. I want them to be all park characters. And I want the dragon and the, to have a story and a name. I haven't landed on a good name for the dragon just yet, but I just think that this could be a really cool thing. You could have a restaurant there that is gargoyle themed. Just any mythical creature, just throw them in there. It would just be such a cool thing. But really, the big thing would be dragons. Like, dragons would be everywhere in this land. Just absolutely everywhere. Like it was supposed to be. So, this is what I want to see. I want to see the redemption. I want to see a thrilling e-ticket attraction that's like a where you're hanging, where your feet are hanging, that just enhances the thrill. So, for me, I love the idea of Beastly Kingdom. First of all, it's one of my favorite concepts that I've ever read about, watched about, anything that I that I genuinely was really disappointed. The more I learned about it, the more disappointed I am that Disney didn't do it. I love the idea of bringing in a coaster. I slightly disagree with the no intellectual property at all. I think if you did it really, really well with the coaster, it could be really cool. Something that I thought of in my head, like as you were talking, and something that I've thought about forever is like, it being like a Sword in the Stone roller coaster, or at least just have Merlin from Sword in the Stone, because right now he's super duper popular because the happens parade over at Disneyland, and I love the idea of the pre-show being him like teaching you about magic and like these the like things fly, turning different things into animals, and then you hear this roar from outside the cabin, and he gets afraid, and he's I need to get you out of here, and so he rushes you into the next room and you climb into these carts and then. He, and he's on a screen next to you and he says a spell 
and then the floor drops out from underneath you and it slowly rises up and it feels like you're flying away from the dragon. And then you enter the dragon's lair and just like you said, everything that you said, seeing the with this 40-foot animatronic dragon, similar to what's underneath the dragon over the, underneath the castle over in Paris, I think that's one of the coolest additions they have. But I love the idea of Beastly Kingdom coming to Animal Kingdom. I think it's a, I think it's a vital part of the Disney, like you said, and has been kicking themselves ever since. It's probably one of one of many. I think it was the beginning of the downfall of Michael Eisner's decision making. Yes, yeah. Which is unfortunate to say, because you know, Colby is a really big Eisner fan. But I like Michael Eisner. There's honestly, there's things about him that are just so iconic. And one thing I do appreciate about him is he was obsessed with thrill rides. And but he cut that, this. That's yeah, and he did cut this, so it, it doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I like Michael Eisner. He wasn't perfect, <laughs> and that's okay. Really, what Eisner did, like, with all the international parks, it really, he messed up those, like, really bad. Yeah, and that's, as of the failure of Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris, is why we didn't end up getting this thing. So it's, yeah, it's sad. We have another thing to blame another country on. This is perfect. <laughs> Imagine, like, walking into Beastly Kingdom, like, with the entrance of a Galaxy's Edge type deal. Where like it's just like dark and you just don't know where to go into and then boom, like it's all there. Like I think that would work perfect there compared to just walking up and just oh, I was at Nemo here and now all of a sudden there's a dragon in front of me. Yeah, I think that Disney is realizing that they have competition and it's stepping up their game. Like when you walk into Pandora, like the instant transition from yeah. like from from Animal Kingdom over to this spectacular land. And I think a better example of that transition is the Galaxy's Edge transition, like you said, and the transition from Toy Story Land to Galaxy's Edge. Like, way the music slowly fades out. It's so good. It is cool. Yeah, and I think that, I think of the idea we talked about today, I think that Beastly Kingdom is the most likely to happen. I think, oh, please, I pray. <laughs> I think in order of likelihood in my head, I think it goes Colby, then landed, then me, which makes me a little sad. But again, I wouldn't mind seeing an Indiana Jones land come over to Hollywood Studios, over to with the Star Tours area and that whole section. I would love that to happen as well. I think it fits there too. As long as my idea gets out there and Disney takes it into account, I'm perfectly fine with Beastly Kingdom or even a Cretaceous period section of the park would be really cool. So yeah, I honestly, I love that segment so much and genuinely... The only thing I didn't like about Colby's idea is the unicorn roller coaster, but I get there has to be something for everyone in this part of the park. I mean, unicorns, man. Another's wrong. There will be some people freaking over that. It reminds me of Flight of the Hip over in Universal is what it reminds me of. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is probably probably the only thing that I like. Is, but other than that, I really, I think it'd also be cool. Like, we talked about something for kids over there. Would be like taking the, the area that's used for the boneyard right now and making it into, like, where you get your own little personal dragon that you have to take care of. And it's like a little toy animatronic dragon that they mass produce, like, similar to something they do over at Galaxy's Edge. And you go through the process of watching like, Bead Dragon, and you pick out toys and accessories for it. I'm up, I'm, in, I'm keeping my mind aligned with what Disney wants and making money, so I think that'd be a super cool, unique experience that Disney could bring to that part of the park. And honestly makes it even more likely because they would love to make money off of it. Absolutely. But yeah, 
by far, Colby's is my favorite idea, even over mine, which is sad to say, but I genuinely love the idea of Beastly Kingdom coming, even though the original place for Beastly Kingdom is where Avatar is now, I think. Yeah, that I mean, that kind of puts a wrench in it a little bit, but still. Yeah, but, I mean, they've had 25 years to adapt the plans. I think they can make it work. Alrighty, Lady, do you have any more thoughts on Colby's piece? No, I loved it. It was good. I really like this thing. If y'all have anything you want us to, I know we redesigned, we respect refurbished, rethemed everything in the parks, and now we're technically done with that. So if there's any attraction you want us to revisit and to really revamp in a sort of way, let us know on Instagram. I'll put up a poll sometime this week and really get your thoughts on it. And also you can ask us over on Patreon. I'll ask our Patreon supporters. So just, uh, just a little bit of an incentive for you. Without further ado, we're going to jump on into the next segment, which I'm super excited for. So we're going to jump right in to the finest and the poorest, our newest segment of the Rope Droppers show. And so we did this last week, and I really like it. It's a new segment where we talk about our finest and our poorest Disney experiences. We kicked it off last week talking about our Disney dining experiences. Today, we're going to keep it really basic and talk about just our overall ride experiences. But this is our first time riding the ride ever. First ride experiences. So I will go ahead and kick us off. And so my finest will be the first time I rode Cosmic Rewind. This feels like an easy one, but it really was just a whirlwind of just honestly joy riding that ride. I had waited to ride it for many years. Also, it started construction on my DCP, so I saw it be constructed over a very long time. And so there, it was just... Yes, very long time, and it was really just an, such a magical experience because it really, like, it just lived up to the hype because there was so much hype around it. It was definitely still my favorite ride at Disney. The first time I ever rode it was actually with Landon, and we got Iran as our song, so it really is special, and I think Disney absolutely hit it out of the park with this experience. Then that leads me to my poorest and my poorest, and I don't hate this ride. There's just reasons why this ride sucked for me the first time I rode it. And that's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. The infamous Seven Dwarfs Mine Train on this podcast. Yes. And <laughs> there there was many reasons why the first time I rode it sucked. is because I basically waited. I waited a really long time to ride this ride. So it was like 2012 when the new Fantasyland opened. And I waited for this ride for an hour, and then it broke down. So everyone got out of line. And it, it, this was like in the first month or so of it opening, which was really cool that we were there. But yeah. they were having problems with it. As you, And then we come back later, and we wait like an hour and 30 minutes for it. And so at this point, I've waited two hours and 30 minutes for this ride. And I can't really fit in the ride <laughs> when I get in it. So I'm just like, whoa, this is weird. It's just like really uncomfortable. And then the ride's just like instantly over. And I was just really underwhelmed and I was hot and I was cranky. So that was definitely my worst first ride experience. That being said, this is a good ride and I do like it. But my first experience on this ride just wasn't great. The Your finest is hard to compete with with Cosmic Rewind genuinely one of my favorite attractions like to this day like it's hard to anything that disney has made in the past like five years minus one ride i might draft it as my worst had is elite 
So the fact that this one will probably be on a virtual queue for a very long time should tell you something about how good this ride is in Disney's head. So absolutely respect the, your finest, your poorest. I can understand why you did it. Those wait times for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I'm very blessed that the first time I ever rode it was with a fast pass, but that line still gets up to 140 minutes, which is nuts to me. And it's been out. It's honestly insane. And that, I, that's why I think Disney doesn't make new things, though, is because how long their things hold retention, which is... Ooh, that's a great point. They make quality products, but all the stunts us as people who go to the parks often, we don't get to see new things nearly as much because of how well the things they've done. So I've never thought... So, Landon, what was your finest in your poorest experience over in Disney World? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and Cosmic Rewind, just the experience of riding that the first time was amazing, but I think just everything leading up to what I'm about to tell y'all was like, what made this one go over that? This is going to be a curveball. So it was me, my mom, and Gwen, and this was our spring break last year, but like we had not ridden Ratatouille yet. So like in our head, this is like a new ride. This is something I'm really excited about. And here's what happened. So we get there, ride a rope drop. We're the first people at the gate. We have a picture, literally like the first people there. And it's just a normal day for Disney. But for us, it was the first time getting to ride it. So we were really excited. And as soon as we scan in, we legit run, like are jogging to Edtui from the front gates. And Gwen has videos of it. And I thought it was like a really good memory of just being able to be that excited going towards a ride like that. We ended up getting stopped by a cast member who had the next section roped off. And he was just talking to us the whole time. Super nice cast member. I wish I remember his name. My name dropped him on. Because he was a really nice guy. He's talked to us a lot. And he was really funny. But then when he moved that rope, we sprinted all the way to the ride. And I just had videos of it. And it was just like one of those like core memories in my head of I, I really, really enjoyed this time. So that was the first time getting to ride it. Yeah, so that was just a really fun one for me. Try not to dog you. Yeah, on the other hand, <laughs> Navi River Journey sucked. When I rode that first time, I remember getting on it, and like, I had seen like TPM videos of the animatronic on there and everything, and I was like, oh, this better be so exciting. This is going to be a late ride. And I get on there, and I remember at the end being like, that was terrible. It was just really boring for me. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. my... Navi River Journey, I can understand why that underwhelmed on your first ride through. I think TPM bit ruined that ride for me because of how excited he was for it and how much he liked it. Exactly. Yeah. That was the phase of my life where I was watching so many, and I, went hour, I waited probably about as long as I waited for Flight of Passage for this ride. Oh, my and, gosh. And, oh, and, no. <laughs> oh, no. Not Flight of Passage. Pour one out. <laughs> yeah, I will I'll talk about it more in a second whenever I get to that, whenever I, I can't take it from my poorest city more, but man, is that on my list for some of my least favorite attractions? For my finest experience, those of you who know me, you, this will not surprise you at all. It's the only ride I was there for opening day of, and it was by far the most delusional, exciting, really just awe-inspiring experience of a riding Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for the first time. Yeah. It, it, because it was, it's a trackless ride system, it's, it has the Fab Five in it. It's a Mickey Mouse is the main dude on this attraction. It was one of my best experiences that I've ever had. And Disney was interviewing a bunch of people. I got interviewed, didn't make it anywhere. Don't know where that thing made. 
the where that thing went, but I got interviewed and it just made my day so great and really incited a core memory in me as far as like the way I want to do the excitement I want to feel every time I step into a Disney park is that. And just that whole day was an absolute blur because I got up at three in the morning, rode the ride, went over to Epcot, gave Colby his pen secretly, not so secretly now, but <laughs> went over and gave Colby his pen. And then Colby invited me after he got off work to go to Magic Kingdom with him, Alex, and Serge. And man, that was one of the best Disney days I have probably ever had because it was a time when I moved to Florida and I really didn't know a lot of people and I felt loved. I felt excited for, I recorded a video. I just felt hyped about it. Took a nap in the pizza too, for those who, who wonder why pizza Rizzo is high on my list. It's purely the nap I took after I rode Big Jimmy's Railway Railway. But it's elite. That being said, I am going to talk about my worst experience at Disney. And really, it's also on someone else's list, but in a different position. I'm going to have to say it's Ratatouille is my worst experience. I don't have the nostalgia or the memories that Landon has with it. All I have was I lived there. I, it was one of these attractions that I was super excited for when I moved. And it ended up being a carbon copy of what's over in Paris and has, for being the newest trackless ride system in Disney World, has some less than enthusiastic trackless ride systems that I'd ever seen. So, yes, yeah. And then this is the time because they were doing boarding groups at the time that I did this. They cut that off real quick. But I like woke up early. It was like the same experience as getting a Rise of the Resistance boarding group, but not nearly as worth it. So that is why Ratatouille is on my list for worst experience for Disney. And that being said, I had a great time. I think it's a really cool attraction and a really cool piece to Epcot. I think it fits really well, but it just was not my best experience as far as rides go. But I respect it being on your list, Landon. Man, we have a conflicting, conflicting list this time. The battle of the experience leading up to mine was why it was on the list. I think your personal experiences are honestly what make or break Disney for you. So I think that talking about it here is a really cool thing to just kind of get people insight to what we enjoy doing at the parks. So, all right, this week we will be drafting movies that we want to see become a live action. So the order this week is going to be Colby first. Myself second, and then Glenn's going to round it off at third. We're going to each draft four movies. So, yeah, without further ado, Colby, what you got? So this is tough. I have movies that I would like to see as a live action, but I just want to see them do it well, and I don't know how they can do every single one of these well. But I will start off with The Hunchback. I'm going to take that number one. Okay. And it is one of those movies that has just a really magical score. The music is just really compelling. And I think that they could do a really beautiful job with it. I really liked Beauty and the Beast. And I think it was because of the music. I did not, of the music, of the movies of that area, of the Disney Renaissance period that were made into live action. You got Lion King, you got Aladdin. You got Beauty and the Beast. I actually didn't mind Lion King. I thought it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but I really didn't like Aladdin. Aladdin, I thought, was really bad, and I loved Beauty and the Beast because the music was so good. It was just a really visually beautiful movie, but I would love to see The Hunchback of Notre Dame come as a live-action movie. Yeah, I know someone who's a big fan of that pick. 
The only thing that was like a bit of a red flag that you said was that Lion King. You preferred Lion King over over Aladdin. That's a bit of a red flag. I didn't say it was good. It was just there was there were good parts about it. The animals looked really majestic to me. They were really cool. It went from one version of animation to another version of animation. Yeah, I, I respect that. I wish it had music in it. That's why it won't. That's why it won't ever enter my list. Is because it did. There was nothing. No, I understand that. I really do. So, yep. All right, Landon. You go ahead and take your first overall pick. Yeah, this was a movie that just growing up was always on in our car, like in the DVD player in the car. So I have probably seen this movie over a hundred times, but I would love to see it go live action. Angled. Okay, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I think it's going to happen soon, but that's why I had to pick it first. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, and I think I think mine's also likely to happen soon. And I would love to save it for a later round, but I'm pretty sure it's going to get taken off the board pretty quickly. I'm taking Hercules as my first overall pick. It is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. It is probably my favorite Disney movie of all time. I think the music it is is fantastic. The zero to hero journey is impeccable. So I'm taking Hercules off the board for my draft this week for my first round pick. Elite. I like it. All right, second round pick. I am going to be take taking Tangled. Oh, um, well, that'll be because Landon just drafted them. I heard. I heard you wrong. My bad. I thought you said both. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you would have had to cancel me. I thought you said both. I. How did you not stop me from saying it's the dog movie, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. dog. Wait, why would he get why would he get flamed for that? For picking it in the first round? I thought he said I honestly it just cut out for me for a second and I thought I it sounded like bolt. That's fair. I don't know what happened. I thought you. Alright, so with my second round pick, I'm gonna go Aristocats. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Aristocats. That's fair. I think that I think the music is really good. I'm very music driven. I love to sing, so the music in this movie is really good, and so I think they could do a really good job with it, similar to how they did The Lion King. They could they do the same thing with the animals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome pick. Okay. A good one. I was going through the Disney Plus A to Z, like Glenn was telling me. I was doing that, and this movie, I saw it, and I was like, this would be a really like family-friendly, like really cool movie. So I'm picking The Incredibles. I think a lot of people could relate to it. I think it'd be very interesting to see it go live action. That's fair. Yeah, it would. I, I like The Incredibles enough. Oh, interesting. I'm excited that you might. Today. I have nothing that's been nothing that's been said has been taken off my list, and so I'm pretty happy about that. So for my second overall pick, I'm starting to go toward the movies that I really like, uh, and I am taking. Well, I'm taking Treasure Planet. That is my second overall pick for a live action movie that I want to see come. I love Treasure Planet, and I think it's so underrated. And I think maybe this time around, Disney will give it the love it deserves in the marketing. So Treasure Planet is my second overall pick for a live action becoming a Disney movie. I like it. I like it. I was laughing while you were saying it because I just thought about the one I'm going to say. And it's just going to be really funny, but I think that they should do it with my third... <laughs> That in the third round, this is always why I go rogue. But remember, this is my list. This is what I am making it off the clubhouse. Please. <laughs> no, this is my list. And this 
might not make sense, but I think there's a lot of potential for a live action cars. I think it would be really cool. I know. I really do think it'd be cool because you could actually have real cars and who doesn't like cars racing? I think it would be fun. So that's what I would want to see. Like a real, they would have to put like eyes on them. <laughs> I guess like visually. <laughs> yeah, it would look like it's a bit of nightmare for us. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But I think that I'm just thinking outside the box and historically on this show, the third round is where I go and do something weird. And I'm doing it again this week. Cars. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's hard to follow that one. And my next pick is going to be cars too. <laughs> I should have just been like cars one, cars two, cars three and planes. The planes. <laughs> and then honorable mention, planes, fire and rescue. The movie that no one, no, the movie no one wanted, but they still made. Let's go ahead and land it. What's your third pick? Please. Please. I beg. So I've got a list here. I think of, I've got a list here of probably five or four or five elite picks. I think that would be great for the third round. And I think I'm going to scratch all those and pick one that I really want to see. I want to see Meet the Robinsons. Okay. Ooh. That's a good one. I think that could be very interesting. It's also I think it's a good movie. I enjoy it. So live action that. Tom Holland playing one of them. Make it happen. All right. So for my third round pick, I'm also surprised, you know, that I haven't seen this a lot from y'all. I'm taking Atlantis. It's another one of those underrated Disney movies that I think would be absolutely incredible to become live action. So Atlantis is the one I'm picking for my third round pick. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, for my last pick, I'm nervous. You said cars last round, so I don't know. I don't know how much further we can fall. Yeah, I would. <laughs> there's one that it would be really funny if they, and I'm gonna go Chicken Little. I thought of that one. Live, live action Chicken Little. Give it to me. Let me play Chicken Little's dad. Yeah, yeah because it, for those that don't know, I look like Chicken Little's dad, but clock. Not- I don't look like Chicken Little's dad, but it's funny. It's been said before that I resemble Buck Cluck. I I do look like a bird, like some type of... I always get compared to birds, like throughout my whole entire life. I think it's my nose. (laughs) Yep. It's always some type of bird. And it really is the nose. No, like never a compliment. It's not like you get called like a bald eagle. They always just choose one. But no, is that... Is that a compliment? I what? Are, what's going on? No. When someone calls you Big Bird, newsflash, that's not a compliment. They're not. They're <laughs> not meaning something. They're not like, oh, this guy's really cute. Oh no, this guy looks like a really uncoordinated large bird. That's <laughs> all right. Without further ado, my next pick. I'm having trouble between a couple here, but I'm just gonna full sim the first one to look at. All right, we're going with Robin Hood. I think this maybe like in the UK somewhere. This would be very cool. Oh, it's and not. Jeremy Renner as Robin Hood, the absolute sniper. I think it's a fun one to pick. I love Robin Hood, and I think it, if they did end up doing it with animals, I think it's similar to the first two that Colby said, the really weak picks Colby had, then he fell off. But I think he said that one. Actually, would be really. I almost said Encanto or Encanto, but it's just too recent. 
That was, that was like that was the most southern way I've ever heard anyone say Encanto. Encanto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so I'm between a couple, and if y'all have any more, we could do some honorable mentions. But one that I want to really see, I think it would be cool to see, would be a live-action Tarzan. A Disney's live-action Tarzan would be super sick. Even including some storylines from Tarzan 2, like with his younger self, would be really cool. But I would just, I think there's a lot of potential here. And again, I think Disney does a really good job at making the animals look realistic. So I would just love to see, I'd love to see like a Planet of the Apes Tarzan-style he come out of Disney. Planet of the Apes. That would be all. Planet. All right, dude. Uh, I love those movies. Those movies have slept on. Yeah. Lady, you said you had a couple more. What other ones did you potentially think about making live action? Yeah, I'll read down the whole list. I have 10 more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll read you my emergency ones of if I have started getting desperate. I had Encanto on there. I had Up on there. That's pretty good. I don't know how I feel about that, yeah. It'd be a lot of dogs that they'd have to cast. That's all I'm saying. I had Beef <laughs> Hero 6, Emperor's New Groove. I think that'd be very funny. Gratitude. Good. Imagine just lifting it up and it's a literal rat right there. No rat. <laughs> and they're like freaking out. It maybe would grow had Braves on there. Yeah. Braves good. And forever no one was picked. Braves a good one. Yeah. And then Frozen. Doing... If they're doing Moana and stuff like that, I feel like they'll do Frozen eventually. Y'all, please give us at least 10 years without Frozen content. I I agree. I agree. That's one in bucket. I think a cool one would be, I just had it. Anything with dinosaurs from Disney would be really cool. Like the good dinosaur, a live action, give them a chance to redeem themselves with a good dinosaur. Or like a live action Toy Story would be sick. Like... Anything, any, really, almost any Pixar movie would be really good as a live action movie. I fully stand by that. Yeah, the stories are the stories are just so good. So another cool one I thought of was Brother Bear. I think Brother Bear would be a fun one. It's another one of those great underrated stories that Disney could really come out of the woodworks with. So yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up the show and recap what we got. Colby, you go first. All right, so I have my first round pick. I took. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Aristocats, Cars. I'm laughing at myself. And then Chicken Little. And I drafted Tangled, The Incredibles, Meet the Robinsons, and Robin Hood. Alrighty. And then I drafted Hercules, Treasure Planet, Atlantis, and Tarzan. With a couple of honorable mentions there, but overall, that was a really fun draft. Thank you so much to... I know that Marissa Walker really wanted us to do live action ones. Shout out to them this week for reminding me what we were doing. Yeah, no, I love drafting that. So let's go ahead and hop on it to the last segment of the show, if I'm right, which would be the Disney Trivia Showdown, which is honestly my favorite recurring segment we have here on the show. It just gives us an opportunity to see who's really the Disney experts here. We all claim to be, but it's time to prove who's not. So this week, we're going to go in the same, relatively the same order as the draft, except Landon's going first, then it's Colby, then it's me. Landon, go ahead and shoot us with your question of the week. All right, buckle up. Get your walking shoes on. Your nice hokas. What is the distance around World Showcase? And what, like steps? Yeah, like in a circle. About 20,000 steps, but like miles. 2.2 miles. I think it's like 1.3, something like that. Close. 
I, it's 1.2. Oh. Very close. That's a lot. That's a lot of shorter than I thought. It feels like forever when you're out there. That's what I thought, too. And the mat outside the Magic Kingdom, there's a body of water that is man-made. Which one is it? When did you know? I'm trying to think of it. Dang. Seven. Yeah, seven. Seven Seas Lagoon. Seven Seas Lagoon is correct. I'm not going to lie to you. I about wrote that question down. But I was good. Really? Yeah. It's good. I like that one. The other one's named is Bay Lake. But, alrighty. So for my question, I'm actually sticking in Epcot, just like Landon. Colby has stepped outside of the park quite a bit. But I'm heading over to Epcot, and I am going to ask you for the name of the doctor in Sigman. I'm looking for his full name here. Nigel Channing. Nigel Channing is correct. I was not going to get it. That's the end of the show this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I had a lot of fun with it. It's good to be here with these guys and to really just put our best foot forward and just to remember we're representing Christ and everything we do. So I just wanted to give a huge shout out to our Patreon supporters so far. Uh, it's been up for about a week. I just sent out the first batch of stickers. And overall, people have been pretty happy with it. For those of you who don't know what Patreon is, basically a way for you to support the podcast and get something in return, uh, whether that's access to the Discord, episodes 24 hours early. Or we send out three stickers a month that I hand make by, or that I don't hand make them, that I hand draw myself and send out to different Patreon supporters. So our Patreon supporters for the beginning of May, as of May 2nd, 2023, are Cade, Natalie, Carrie, Marissa, Abelia, and Grace. Huge shout out to y'all. It honestly blows my mind that anybody wants to support the show in this way. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, and, but it's been really fun to be here with these guys this week. So yeah, I do want to say something real quick about that. But I am getting my DCP roll in the next probably week and a half. Or I guess when this releases, it'll probably be that week. I'm going to be telling the people in the Patreon what my role is before I tell the actual podcast. So y'all want to make sure to sign up for that. Okay, that's exciting. Oh, all right. That's cool. That's a little bit of a little bit of a bonus there. And we are releasing a bonus episode this month. Or we're trying to plan out when we're going to release that. But if you want access to that, go ahead and sign up for Patreon. And we you'll get something in return and it's a way to support us. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Rope Droppers. It was a great time. If you want to keep up with us outside of Patreon or outside of this podcast, you can check us out at the Rope Droppers podcast. There you'll be able to find our Instagrams. Mine's at ImagineYourGlenn. Landon's is at DisneylandonB. And Colby's at Col- is at ColbyTradesPins. So, uh, yeah, it was super fun being here for 14th episode of the Rope Droppers podcast. So, yeah, my name is Glenn. I'm Landon. And I'm Colby. And we'll see you guys real soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.